This is the J-Man Show on WBCA 102.9 FM, Boston's local community radio station. Hello, dear. My name is Jaye Bino. You want the J-Man Show? And my guest today is, is singer, producer, songwriter, Rini Smith. Hey, Rini, good to see you on the show today. How are you? Not bad at all. Thanks for having me on your show. Oh, it's a blessing and a pleasure just to be with you. Um, I, I mean, I saw you at the Christmas tree lighting in Boston. I was like, wow, this girl is on, is next to Alicia Keys on fire? I mean, <laughs> I was like, wow, this song is, is wonderful. You know, Goodbye, Baby. I love it. You know, I can't get Oh, thank you. What, what made you get started in singing and in, in, in music? Um, I come from a very musical family. Both my parents um, sing, um, and my dad also plays bass. So he got me and my siblings started on musical instruments when we were kids. I think I got my first uh, keyboard when I was five years old. Um, okay. And I have I never stopped playing it since. And, uh, you know, eventually I kind of started singing more and mm -hmm. um, started to like it a lot more. And yeah, so it's, it's always been around. My parents were definitely the ones who kind of pushed me to, to go into it. What is your kind of style of music? I say it's pretty much soul R&B. Um, those are the things I grew up listening to. Um, also a lot of gospel music. So, you know, that's my foundation. And it was, it's just natural for me to sing those, those styles, but I, I've done jazz before I've done blues. Um, those are things that, of course, you know, they're very similar yeah. in terms of the style of singing, the emotion that goes into it, the stories and all that. So, um, yeah, I, I say my, my wheelhouse is really R and B and that's where my, my heart is. And I feel my voice is the best there. Oh uh, yeah. Your first definitely gift. Thank you. How'd you get, get your first major deal? I think I, I took I took like the the long way around. You know, um, for me, I never really wanted to be a a big famous person. I just wanted to play music because it made me happy. So um, for me, I just being able to play. You know, I did background vocals for people um, in Nova Scotia, um, local big names. I, I still do some some to this day and kind of just being on different stages with with other artists helped me to grow my own profile. Um, and then as I started writing my own music and performing more on my own, people started to, um, you know, recognize me more. And that kept getting me bookings and gigs and industry people kind of knew who I was and they would hear my songs. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of just working really hard, um, taking any show I could get, whatever that looked like, and just getting my name out there pretty much. How much are you working on right now? I am going to be going on tour soon, and I am currently working on a project as well. Um, just did the Christmas the Christmas project, so that was that was something that's pretty cool. But I think now it's time for me to, you know, kind of follow up some of the other music with a, a, a project. So I'm, I'm working on that now, writing and recording, and, you know, hopefully that'll be done um, by summer or fall, um, hopefully. And yeah, heading out on tour in March, um, the end of March and uh, finishing up uh, first week of May. So excited about that. Um, unfortunately, we're not coming to the U.S. Yeah, yeah, cross Canada tour, but, um, you know, U.S. is in, in my sights and in my plans in the near future as well. So hopefully we'll get across that border soon. Yeah, I'd I'll, I'll, I'll love to see you back in Boston so we can meet again. You know? Yeah, for sure. It was lovely meeting you there. So what advice can you give a singer and artist? You want to be a singer like the 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 best thing I can say really is just if you want to do it, make sure that you love it. There's nothing worse than being trapped doing something that you don't enjoy doing. Yeah. Um, and for me, I don't have as much fun doing anything else. So, you know, I kind of knew that coming into this that, oh, yeah, this is definitely the thing that brings the most joy out of me. Um, so that's number one. And number two, don't be afraid to be yourself in a music industry where there are millions of artists all over the world. 
you have to figure out a way to stand out. And one thing we know about people, there's only one of one. So, you know, the more that you can be yourself and have your own identity and stay true to that, the more unique you'll be, the more vulnerable you can be with the audience and the more they'll respect and appreciate you. So have you any uh, famous artists uh, since you've been out there? I met a few famous people. Um, I met Jesse Reyes. I think it was November. It was either November. Yeah, it was November. I met Jesse Reyes back in November. Um, Super sweet person. um, Great performer. Um, We all hear the songs, but if you've never seen her live before, you know, she puts on a really good show. Oh, and if you don't know who Jesse Reyes is, she's she's a huge Canadian pop R&B artist. Um, She just did an American tour as well, so she's super cool. Uh, Yeah, I met met some people in in the few times I've been to the U.S. too. which is pretty cool. You know, I'm, I'm one of those people, I try not to get starstruck because I don't want to embarrass myself. Yeah. <laughs> so so I kind of I kind of try to play it cool and be like, hey, hi, how you doing? Whatever, whatever. But inside, you know, I'm pretty yeah. much falling apart. <laughs> yeah, I understand. For the most part. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, I, I definitely get starstruck. I know how you feel. You know? Yeah, no, I, we all feel that way sometimes. So what's the song Goodbye Love About? Can't get out of my now. Yeah, all right, on, right on. So I actually, I wrote that song. Um, it was actually about a family member of mine. Uh, I, I'm not going to say who it is just in case they see this and they get mad that I'm telling the family secrets. Um, but I had this family member who was in this uh, long-term relationship and uh, they were also a musician like me, mm-hmm. um, guitar player. And essentially what happened was, you know, he, he dedicated so much time to his guitar that, that his, his, his girlfriend felt a little bit neglected. Mm-hmm. And so she gave him an ultimatum. It's either me or the guitar. <laughs> so in the end, he chose the guitar. <laughs> um, but, you know, the, the song, you know, is just written from his perspective. Um, there's a line in the song that says, you asked me to choose. Here we are. So kind of just wanted to tell that story in a way. Um, and that's how the inspiration for Goodbye came. I see, yeah. Bad breakup song. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you see yourself a year from now? Down the line, I see myself singing any and everywhere. That's the goal. That's what, what I'm working towards, you know. Just being able to create with different people and, and share share my story and my message and, and share a story about my hometown, um, share with the world. Um, hopefully, you know, I can accomplish that goal. I, I've kind of done a few places so far, kind of put the stamp in a, in a few different countries and, and um, most definitely here, here in my own home country. So, you know, just, just more of that, just spreading messages and, and showing myself and, and my family and my community uh, to different parts of the world. Of course, you know, from a business standpoint, I like to make a little bit of money doing that too. Um, so, so, you know, I'm always thinking about business and how I can advance that and, um, you know, provide wealth for myself and my family um, to the best, best of my ability. It's kind of what I'm looking forward to. I hear you, sister. Are there any plans to be an actress? I get that question a lot. And um, actually, I had two lines in a Canadian television show uh, this year. So that's kind of like my jump into the uh, acting world. I'd love to do a lot more of it. Um, It's a different industry, though. Um, You know, music industry, you go, you play a show for 20 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour, 90 minutes, and it's over. When you're doing television and film, it's like you shoot one scene for the whole day and it's so the hours are so long it's like oh my goodness i have to do it again um so yeah i think if if i got my mind prepared to to do it i think it would be something that uh i would probably enjoy you know 
especially if it's with the right crew and, 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 you know, coworkers, I think it could be, you know, really great experience to work full time on a set. So yeah, maybe, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully I can. Absolutely. I definitely think you'd be making an amazing actress. Oh, thank you. Did you also go go to college? I did go to college. Um, actually I went, I went for music. I studied, I studied at, uh, St. FX University. Um, Mm -hmm. it's in a, a, a Canadian city. They had a jazz program there. So, uh, sang jazz for two years and learned a lot of music theory and um, jazz history and just a, a lot of stuff that helped me, you know, progress. Cause a lot of, a lot of musicians, they have that natural born talent, especially singers, you know, some people are just born to sing. Um, but, you know, going to school kind of gives you that extra knowledge you need to know the terminology so you can like converse with other musicians and um, really just know instead of just singing, understanding what you're singing. So yeah, I, I, I did two years, two years in college and happy I did. Yeah. Did you also get your bachelor's degree? No, I didn't finish. I left after two. <laughs> I left after two. Um, it's a decision that I don't regret, especially right now. You know, my, my career is progressing in the right way. And I feel like everything I needed to learn, I learned in those two years. And um, you can always go back and finish. So, you know, I've never I've never forgotten that fact. But I feel like uh, it was the best decision at the time. And um, I haven't regretted it since. What do you like to do for fun when you're not singing? Um, so currently what I'm doing for fun, <laughs> kind of embarrassing. I have this uh, game on my cell phone okay. that is called uh, Makeover Extreme or Extreme Makeover, something like that. Anyway, it's a home renovation show, but you have to play little odd games to win money. So that's my uh, new hobby. Um, I'm a huge game person, so I, I also have a, a PS4 and I like to play uh, NBA 2K and uh, Grand Theft Auto. And uh, <laughs> Mortal Kombat. Oh yeah, you said it. <laughs> Mortal Kombat is a great one. I play Watch Dogs, mm-hmm. um, Red Dead Redemption, um, new game that I found called. Uh, actually, I don't remember what it's called, but it's a, like a kung fu game that is super cool. Um, and also play my Nintendo Switch, and I read books, so that's why I like to do in my free time. Yeah, I also love Mortal Kombat. And, oh, Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat, and the other game you said Grand Grand Theft this is so you know, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Yay, they're the best games. So got my hooked up. <laughs> right. <laughs> right on. Well, we'll like to go for travel wise. Travel. <laughs> it's hard to say because usually when I travel, I'm always working. <laughs> so I don't I'm I'm never really like a tourist uh-huh. anytime. I, I never get to really uh see things. I should probably take vacations. Um, but of the places that I've traveled thus far, um, I spent uh ten days in Tokyo, Japan. Wow. Um, and that was, you know, mind blowing, so different, you know, different culture and the way that, um, they do life over there, how fast paced it is, how many people there are, the lights and everything. And, um, it was, it was amazing. I'm from a small, small town in Nova Scotia. Nobody even knows where that is. So for me going to Tokyo is like completely different world and one of the best, best experiences I've had. Well, did you go to this, this one over there? I wanted to. I was supposed to go. I didn't end up going because I went to write songs instead. But I guess, you know, you know, I chose work. I chose work. But, you know, hopefully when I go back, I can go to Disneyland there. I, I, it's probably. Well, hello there. This is the J-Man Show on WBCA 102.9 FM, Boston's local community radio station. What do you think people can do to make the world better in, in your Well, <laughs> Okay, these are just my personal opinions and, and beliefs. Other people may may differ, but um, being kind, 
you know, extending love and um, being non-judgmental. Those are fundamental things that I think should come naturally, but unfortunately, um, it doesn't come naturally to everybody to extend kindness, um, to show love, and to to not be judgmental. Um, it's it's very simple and very easy to get along with people as long as they have an understanding and can reciprocate good good energy. So um, for me, uh, the way that I try my I try my best to navigate the world is to. Um, always just be able to control my responses and my actions, irregardless of who might be in front of me. I try to the best of my ability. Of course, I'm not successful 100% of the time, but you know, just trying to protect my energy and always create a space where people can feel accepted and, and free and um, safe. So, you know, if we can just keep that in mind, extend kindness, um, you know, non-judgmental and, and as much as we can show love, I think the world would be a, a much better place. But we, we, we have to preach that a little bit more. I don't think everybody understands. So how did COVID affect you? COVID was, COVID was a blessing and a curse for me, I'd say. I, I, see it, I see it two ways. Of course, I was sad to, you know, just have everything, like all my gigs taken away, all my, my trips, my writing, my writing ventures, you know, everything just shut down. That was tough. But during that time where I had all the free time, I was still getting offers to do things on the production side because you don't really need to be around people to stay in your studio and on your computer all day. So um, I was able to really hone in on my production. And, and for a while, you know, I didn't have anything else to focus on. So I didn't have to worry about preparing to sing, um, you know, prepping set lists and, and rehearsing and things like that. All, I just dedicated all my time to production and um, really digging deep and trying to get better, better at that and, and hone that craft. It was great. You know, I ended up learning a lot of stuff and it's time for me to just develop other skills. So I'm happy I had the time to be able to do that. Um, that's because COVID came and canceled the rest of my life. So I see it in a good way and a bad way. So how was your holidays? Christmas was fantastic. Uh, I released a Christmas EP. So I did like a, a East Coast Canadian uh, Christmas tour, which was fun. Um, I yeah. took my whole family with me and we performed together. That was super fantastic. Um, and then Christmas Day, uh, mm -hmm. my entire family, we get together for family dinner every Christmas and Boxing Day. So two days, the 25th and the 26th was full of family and friends and, and laughs. And it was actually really good, really good times. And what is Boxing Day? Is that when you guys box, box in the ring? <laughs> <laughs> Well, actually, it's funny you mention that because we do have boxing gloves and mitts at the house and they did come out. So we weren't boxing each other, but, you know, we were practicing a little bit. We were getting a couple jazz in there. We always have fun with those, too. So, yeah, Boxing Day is actually Boxing Day for us. For, for, for New Year's. Yeah. So me and my sister and my cousins, uh, we went out <laughs> Well, New Year's Eve. We went to the casino. <laughs> Oh, awesome. We went we went to the casino. Um, we actually went because one of our good friends is actually uh, a musician as well. Mm -hmm. And they were they were playing for New Year's Eve there. So we went down to um, bring in the new year with jamming mm -hmm. to them. And, um, you know, it was great. And then New Year's Day, same thing. Family got back together and another another family dinner. So how do you write a song? Does, does, does wedding come natural to you? Yeah, uh, I wouldn't call myself a natural born writer. Um, my first love was pretty much just singing. Mm -hmm. That's the thing that came naturally. But um, I started writing when I was a teenager. Um, and over time, just writing so much, you kind of get better and better at it. You listen to 
great songwriters and you co-write with other songwriters, you learn tips and tricks that you can incorporate into your songwriting. I feel right now I'm at a place where it's like, I'm a strong songwriter. Um, I know how to get my story across and, and make it flow with the music really well. And, um, you know, really happy how I developed that over the years. Yeah, and do you basically just, just think about, you know, things you've been went, went through and put it, put it down in a simple song? Um, I don't like to write about myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I think I'm still working on being that vulnerable. But, you know, like I said, with the song Goodbye, yeah. it's story. Like, you know, I just like to find stories and write about them. So it may not be my personal story, but someone's story or some story that I see on television or something I read about in the paper um, some gossip that my friends tell me, you know, any story I can kind of draw inspiration from. And also with me too, I'm one of those people who in my mind, I'm always in some type of storyland, um, imaginary storyland. It's probably a little weird to say, I probably shouldn't have said that, but, <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've always in my mind created my own stories. So a lot of my songs really just come from my imagination and, um, you know, just trying to bring different things to life um, through music. So yeah, that's kind of some of, some of the things that I do to approach songwriting. What artist would you want to collaborate with you know, on a song? Whew. Okay, there are so many that I would love to collaborate. Um, my dream collaboration would be Brandy. Oh yeah, I love Brandy, yeah. Oh yeah, I love Brandy. Alicia Keys, of course. Oh, yeah. I think that would be wicked. Like that, yeah. would, that would be a dope collaboration. My favorite artist of all time since I was a little girl uh, is Beyonce. So I have to say, yeah. if, if any day that could ever happen, I'd probably, uh, oh. probably, I'd probably pass out. Oh, me too. <laughs> I would, yeah, I would probably pass out um, if that yeah. ever happened. Or really anybody, you know? Um, <laughs> I don't even want to say that. But <laughs> Usher is another one. Yeah, Usher is like, you know, mm-hmm. he's one of my, one of my favorites. Um, you know, I'd just be happy to collaborate with, with anybody, really. But those are some of the people who are at the top of the list. Uh, yeah, speaking of Beyonce, I actually met Beyonce in 2000. I walked into the airport. She was so nice. I was, oh, my God. That's Beyonce. I was like, wow. I was powerful, too. I, but she, um, I'm jealous now. Well, she gave me a hug. I was like, oh, my God. She not- hugged you and everything. That's wild. I want to hug Beyonce. So I was like, oh, my God. This is a Beyonce come off a flight from Delta. Boston gave me a hug. You know, That's she- amazing. Came out there. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, and we talked wow. about yeah, so it was like just a blessing there. Actually, you know, I couldn't get a picture because she was busy, but just to get a good hug from her and talk and quit talking, I was like, my God, you know. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That made my day, you know, just, you know. Yeah. That's great. That's awesome. So you, you, you never ever get starstruck, right? I try not to. <laughs> I try I try my best um, just because I don't want to embarrass myself <laughs> and have them think like, oh, my goodness, yeah, that girl was pretty uh, over the top. You know, I just try to be chill and mellow and... Hi, nice to meet you. You know, I'm I'm not freaking out at all. You know, I'm just chilling, right? Yeah. I try, I try. I haven't I haven't lost my cool yet, so I'm doing good. But I haven't met Beyonce yet, so. Yeah. <laughs> I also see that she's actually won some awards, right? In in Toronto, Canada. Yeah. Um, very yeah. fortunate to win a few awards up here. Um, and I, you know, awards. It's not really the thing that matters. Um, in the end, uh, a lot of talented artists all over the planet. We yeah. don't even know all of them and everybody's special in their own right. But, you know, when you can be recognized, um, it's always an honor. You know, you just make music. As, well, I can only speak for myself. I make music to, you know, kind of connect with people 
um, it's an extension of myself. It's where I can kind of let my voice be heard the most. Um, and so that's kind of what I've used it for as an outlet to kind of get everything out. And in the end, it gives me satisfaction because I'm happy doing it. But, you know, getting awards is great. It, 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 it's, it feels good. It validates what you're doing. And, you know, for me, it just means that I'm doing the thing I'm supposed to be doing. So. I definitely agree. You're definitely doing your thing, sister. I applaud you. Know, you know. Thank you. My next question is, how do you deal, how do you deal with racism? Racism is always, it's like the pesky little rat that just <laughs> yeah. keeps running and running, but you can't quite catch it. Yeah, I think it's... It's just boom, 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 boom. It's like, I'm just trying to grab it and throw it away or something. Um, <laughs> you know, it yeah. doesn't it doesn't pop up all the time, but every once in a while when you're not paying attention, there it goes, a little rat, little racism rat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just one of those things where um, it has to be a collective effort if we ever want to, you know, get rid of it. And it, it can be tough, you know, I... I tell people all the time, if if you're a black artist or an artist of color, um, you got to work 10 times harder just to be noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, coming from where I come from, black people don't even make up, I don't know if it's 5% of the population, 8%, you know, we're very small in number here. So on a microscope, you know, just mm-hmm. seeing how the landscape is here, you have to work so hard just to have people notice you and take you serious. And as I was saying earlier, you know, I sang background vocals for people um, just to get my name out there. That's pretty much what I had to do. Um, Cause no one was giving me those opportunities based on my own name um, or, you know? Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's tough, but you always, you know, keep going and impressing on e- either way. For me, I, I never try to use it as an excuse for anything. If anything, I think it makes me stronger and just subconsciously being aware that, you know, there is racism around and it doesn't always show itself in its full form. I think I think it just keeps me on my toes all the time and, and um, you know, just makes me think of the bigger picture. You know, it's not always about yourself. It's about other people, too. So anytime you can break down doors um, and disrupt those barriers, you're doing your part for not just yourself, but, you know, for the people who come behind you. Yeah. I mean, and you wish, you wish the world wasn't that way, but it's been that way since before I was born. Um, I myself by myself can't change it. Um, But, you know, there are people who are actively working and in those battlefields and, you know, um, I hope that I'm contributing in my own way and that, you know, hopefully, like I said, it can make a difference for someone from the same community I'm from. I hope it can make a difference for them. So what inspires you? What gives you inspiration at home? <laughs> uh, I think my biggest inspiration really is, uh, you know, my, my family, to be honest, because they're the reasons why I do it anyway. Uh, I really have the confidence to really say, oh, yeah, let me jump into the music industry and be an artist. I feel like they kind of led me into it. Um, and because of that, I always want to keep making them proud. Especially mm-hmm. now where I'm at a point where it's like, okay, yeah, they, they might have, you know, known something about me before I was able to realize it and help me to just walk into it. And so now I kind of feel like I'm like, all right, well, uh, they invested not just, you know, their good energy towards me, but 
they invested their time and, and their money. And um, I can say that, especially my parents supported me 100% from day one. Everybody who goes into the music industry doesn't always have that support yeah. because cause the, in the industry is so uncertain. Um, yeah. But, you know, my folks, they actually not just supported me. They kind of pushed me into it. So I um, always go in knowing that, you know, uh, I want to make them uh, proud and, and um, you know, just show them that none of their efforts went to waste with me anyways. You know? What makes you happy? Not being stressed out makes me very happy. Mm -hmm. um, laughing makes me very happy. I love to crack jokes. <laughs> me, me and my sister, when we're together, it's, it's always a, <laughs> a barrel of laughter. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, pretty much, you know, just being in situations where um, there's good vibes. That, yeah. that makes me that makes me happy and most times that's me being in a studio creating or being on stage um yeah. most times being on stage because sometimes you have shows that just don't go well and it's not yeah. a good time but for the most part for me it's, it's good you know i'm playing my games or whatever that's that's always a good time uh most of the time when i'm with my family when we're not fighting and stuff like that um it's a great time i'm, I'm super happy um and you know spending time with my nieces and nephews always makes me happy Oh, so this is a wonderful interview. Um, are there any questions you want to ask me now? Yeah. Um, well, not not questions, but I do want to say uh, I was great meeting you in Boston. Um, that was a fun night. It was pretty cold. It's pretty cool. cold, but it was it was a fun night. And um, thank you so much for having me on your show. Uh, thank you for interviewing me. Appreciate that so much. We appreciate you, you know, you know, and um, Renee, can you tell people tell my viewers where, where we can find you on social media? Yeah, um, you can find me on pretty much every social media platform at I am Rini. That's spelled R E E N Y. Um, yeah, you'll find me there, and you can also find me on uh, all streaming platforms: Apple Music, Spotify, uh, YouTube Music, whichever one you use, you'll find me there. So that's where I'm at. Okay, well, thank you for, for, for so much for coming on my show. It's a blessing getting to meet and talk with you. I mean, I can definitely tell you destined for great things. You're destined to be a star, and <laughs> that's, that's Alicia Keys, you know, because you are such a powerful, strong woman. Thank you. Appreciate uh, you, my brother. I, I appreciate my sister. God bless you, and definitely have fun again. Well, hello, dear. My name is Jai Bino. You want to jam and which is on WBCA 102.9 FM, Boston's local. Community radio station. My guest is Toy Burton. Hi, Toy. Good to see you on the show today. How how are you doing? I am doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure and an honor to have you on my show. I, I heard about you on Facebook and and everything that you went through. You know, with, with um, domestic violence and talking. Some tell me a little bit about your story. Okay, so like you said, my name is Toy Burton. Mm -hmm. um, I grew up in Roxbury. Um, I am a Roxburyan, also grew up in Dorchester, you know. Um, I am the founder of Diddy's Cry Suicide Prevention and Family Support, and I'm also the founder and executive director of the Roxbury Unity Parade. Um, so Diddy's Cry, I'll talk about that first. So Diddy's Cry, um, I started Diddy's Cry in 2017 after I noticed that organizations that focus on suicide prevention wasn't focusing on Boston's black and brown community. And Didi was my sister. Didi died by suicide when she was 23 in 1986. And with the Roxbury Unity Parade, um, we had our first year in 2018. Um, I was like, Dorchester has a parade, Roslindale has a parade. Where is Roxbury's parade? I was like, we need to be celebrated too. 
and Roxbury Unity Parade is Boston's only parade that recognizes and celebrates Black culture. I see. And that's good to hear. I mean, I'm glad that we celebrate Black culture. How did um, suicide um, affect you? I mean, because I know that it affected me when my mother died. So I was 19 when my sister died by twin by suicide. Um, of course, I was devastated. Um, even though she had prior attempts um, at the time when she died, it seemed like she was better. It seemed like she was happy and stuff. So I had just started drinking like a few months prior. So once she died, I, that my drinking escalated. And then eventually I got into um, crack. And then um, I wasn't dealing with my own hurt. So, you know, I was trying to numb my own pain. And I am also a suicide attempt survivor. So the attempt that landed me in the hospital, I was 25 at the time. So I had attempts before, I'm not even going to say attempts, just um, self-harm. I would, I was a cutter. I was just doing, um, trying to make the pain stop, basically, by creating physical pain. I would rather have the physical pain than be in feeling the internal pain. Um, and then it, with being a suicide attempt survivor, not even with going through that pain. And when, um, when I did my attempt, I was able to make it to my neighbors, like crawl to my neighbor's um, house and told them what I did. And they called the ambulance and got me to the hospital. Um, but I realized it wasn't that I wanted to die. I just wanted the pain to stop. So it kind of, um, made me understand my sister a little better, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Because I always thought, you know, like, you know, how could you do this to me? How can you hurt me and stuff? Like at that moment, it made me realize this wasn't something she did to me. It was something she was doing for her, you know, because at the time she had a two-year-old son. So it's like, how can you leave him? But it was something that she had to do for her. You know, like she was trying to make her pain stop. So it was devastating. And sorry to hear about your mom. Oh, thank you. It means a lot to me, you know. And like I said, because I know what, what it's like to be in pain. I mean, because I've, because I was still saying my mom passed off a heart attack, you know, I fought, I mean, I met, I felt kind of suicidal, you know, I was like, so, so I also heard that you were, that you were in a uh, domestic, in a domestic relationship. Talk about that, about the experience. Sure. Um, so I was with this guy, um, I want to say we got together when I was around 19 and we stayed together for four years. Um, he was, he was terrible. He was really terrible. It's not like he would beat me all the time, but when he did, it was just really, really bad. When I did get out of that relationship and got into another relationship, then he turned out to be violent too. And I was with him for 10 years. So myself having low self-esteem, like I said, I was suicidal anyways and dealing with my own crap. So them beating on me, like I didn't feel like I was worthy, you know? So I didn't have my own self-worth. So them beating on me really didn't make me think that I didn't deserve it because I really wasn't thinking much of myself anyways. I thought I was 
an embarrassment to my family because I was drinking and on drugs. I felt like I would, I let my kids down, you know, so I was beating myself up. So them beating on me wasn't really not saying nothing, but I don't even know. I don't even know how to explain it. There was a fear that if I left, it would be more harm. Like I said, that first guy, he was, he was really, really terrible. Um, he did some really terrible things. Um, and the second guy, you know what they say, hurt people, hurt people. So, um, yeah, I think he was just a really, really hurt dude and just didn't know how to express himself. But um, not to make up any excuses, but yeah, hurt people, hurt people. I guess that's true. So how did you overcome that? Let me see, because... The one with 10 years, I mean, there was times that I did get away. I did get a restraining order. I know the final time, I think I had a one-year restraining order because he was coming up to my job. And I worked at a school, so he was coming there. And he was coming to my other job. I would go from one job to a, right, to another job. And he would be there, too, and hang out there all day and stuff and I would ask him to stop so I did get a restraining order because people at my job they were getting fearful like hey why is he here all day and this and that but no I forget why I know one time that I was I'm not sure if this was the exact moment I left him but one time when we were well he was sleeping Mm -hmm. and I thought can I bust him in the head with this lamp and make it to the door without him catching me and then I knew like I, I needed to get away because I was like, I don't want to go to jail for this dude. So I, if, if I recall correctly, that was the breaking point that I felt like I was going to hurt him. Wow. I see. I, I can understand how you feel because I've been in because I've been in a situation similar, similar to when, when my cousin came at, me, came at me. So I had to get a knife. To, to make him back off, so I know how you feel, you know. What if I can a woman and men that in these relationships that need help? So that needs help with domestic violence? Yes. So, and I say this about my story, if there was agencies out there at the time, I didn't know about them. So I do, um, like Laverne Gordon, um, she's been on Dee Dee's Cry Pills before. She has an um, organization called Love Life Now. Um, that help people get out of domestic violence situations. But um, what I would like to say to that person, just know that you're worthy and no one should be putting their hands on you. No one. I'm not sure if anybody told me that at the time. If it did, it probably went in one ear and out the other. But um, I want to say no one should be putting their hands on you. You are um, perfect the way you are. You are loved. Um, your family loves you, even though, and it was funny because I thought, I don't know why I thought my family didn't love me. It's not like they ever said they didn't love me, but I just, I just really felt worthless at the time. Or maybe I just didn't, I didn't feel like I deserved love. Yeah. But um, just no, don't, don't, you know, call Diddy's Cry, call 988, call 911 if you need to. Um, like I said, Didi's Cry, we are here. We have um, peer-led groups. We are not counselors, but we have peer-led groups just to create a space for people to talk, um, for us to listen. And 
sometimes when you hear other people's story and what they went through, it empowers you to say, hey, if that person can do it, I can too. So I always do talk about um, that I've been clean and sober for 24 years, that I was in a domestic violence relationship, that I was sexually assaulted, that I was raped. Because when people hear like, wait, they went through that too, and they're still standing like I can do it too. Yes, I I, think, I definitely believe that. In spite of what you've been through, you know, you can definitely turn your life around. You know, it may be hard, but I'm sure anybody can do it. Well, hello there. This is the J Man Show on WBCA one hundred two point nine FM. Boston's local community radio station. Find out what works for you, because um, the first time I got got clean. Um, I think it was 91 because I was living on the North Shore at the time. And my thing was like, I was like, I want to go home. Like, I need to go home. I need to go back to Boston. And I came back to Boston and I checked myself into Mattapan Street Detox because that's what people did when they wanted to get clean. So I did that. And then they sent me to Women's Hope and I stayed there and they sent me to another program. And then once I got out, like I just wanted to get out. I was like, I don't want to use. I just want to get out. And I got out and I went to AA and went to NA and got the medallions and was clean and sober for four years. And then I fell off. Right. I got complacent and fell off. Was out there again, out there drinking, smoking crack for another two years and I just fell to my knees and cried and asked God to take it from me. I was like, I don't want to drink anymore. I don't want to drug anymore. I don't want these suicidal thoughts anymore. And like I said, that was 24 years ago. And I haven't drank and haven't smoked. And 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 I'm loving life. And life is good, as you can see with Johnny Gill. Yeah, yeah I do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so um, it's just been amazing. So I always tell people, even though you may not see that light at the end of the tunnel, it definitely gets better. It really gets better. So that's how I got rid of my suicidal thoughts. But even right now, I I have a therapist. I see a therapist every two weeks because I believe everybody needs someone who's non-judgmental to talk to. I mean, we all just want to be heard, right? Yes, I'm, I'm actually in therapy myself, you know, because I think it does help, you know, and I also do acupuncture because it helps you, it helps the body and soul. So I definitely agree, you know. So uh, what's life, how is life treating you now? I don't feel suicidal. Um, definitely still deal with depression, um, especially once COVID happened and being in the house. So even though I live alone, um, COVID was like just a whole new bag, right? It just made me feel like I was by myself. You know, it was it was terrible. Um, yeah, so even just before COVID, and I always say that you know you better than you. Like yeah. depression looks different for everybody. So it could be like you're sleeping too much or sleeping too little or eating too much or eating too little. Like, you know, when something's off. So before COVID, I was telling my primary care, like, I need to talk to somebody. Like, I knew something was off. Like, my routine was off, and I wasn't making my bed, which is totally not me. Like, I, I'm just one of them, like a, a creature of habit. Ever since I was a little kid, you get out your bed, you make your bed. Oh, it's once I stopped doing the things that I normally would do, I knew something was off. 
and said, I need to talk to somebody. And then COVID happened. And of course, appointments stopped going, like everybody had to stay in the house. So like I said, that just excavated what I was feeling already and just totally got worse. And then once we did come back together and I did go back to work, I found myself snapping at people like and not having patience. And I was like, that's totally, you know, out of character. And I was like, I need to talk to somebody. I'm glad you got able to get some help. Everything you've been to, definitely able to make something of, of your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what inspires you? What, what gives you inspiration? What inspires me? Yes. What's your inspiration? I think I've just always liked to help people. And I mean, there are people who inspire me. Like definitely like Ayanna Presley, Tina Sherry. So there are people who inspire me. But I think just being there for people inspire me. That helps me do what I do Mm -hmm. and stuff. Because I just love to, um, just for people to be in a better place. So did you go to college? So I went to college in 2012. Okay. So as a kid, um, so I was a teen mom. I had my first kid when I was 15. And then my second kid when I was 16. So when I was 17, I got my GED, and then I did a semester of Bunker Hill, and they had told me that my financial aid wasn't right just to sit out a semester and, you know, get get that straightened out and come back, and I just never went back. You know, I was working at the movie theater, making $2 an hour, you know, I thought I was, I had what I needed, you know, (laughs) so, um, yeah. That life was good. And then, of course, like I said, um, everything took a turn for the worse and stuff. So in 2012, a friend of mine, you know, they was like, do you have a college degree? I was like, I got a GED. And they was like, you should go to college and this and that. And, you know, they helped me um, do the application and stuff. And I filled out for these schools. And so I went to Bunk, not Bunker Hill. I went to um, Urban College of Boston. Hmm. Yeah, and I got a um, an associate's degree in early childhood education and a certificate in um, human services administration. I did start um, UMass Boston. So once I finished Urban College, I got into UMass. Like a week after my 49th birthday, I had a stroke. Are you okay? Yeah, by the grace of God. So once I got out the hospital, like they gave me a heart machine and stuff, and I signed up for four classes because that's what I was doing in urban college. It started UMass and went back to work like I didn't skip a beat. And then I started having panic attacks, anxiety attacks. And um, yeah, I had to um, take the take the semester off. I'm like, Toy, you had a stroke. Like you can't just think life was going to be the way it was and stuff. So I have yet to um, get a bachelor's degree, but I do have college debt, <laughs> so hopefully that new student debt relief will give me some relief. What do you like to do in your spare time? What do I like to do in my spare time? Yeah. Go places. I like to go places, and I love live music. Mm-hmm. So whenever there's a concert yeah. or a good comedy show, like I want to be there. I hear you, and I saw you there trying to go. How did that come about? That was awesome. Okay, so I was sitting in the front row, and um, they had like five steps. So I was sitting right at the bottom of the steps. So when Johnny Gill came 
to the stage, I like told him to come here and he told me to come here. So I got up and went up there and he held my hand and sang to me and then gave me the mic to sing some parts and stuff. And then when he was done and Ralph came out and Ralph, you know, he's dancing and stuff. I did the same thing to Ralph. I was like, and he told me to come up and then he held my hand and sang to me. And it was awesome. So what was his concert? Was, was it in Boston? Oh, it was at um, Foxwood. Oh, wow. Was Bobby there too? Nope. It was just Johnny and Ralph. So, so after the concert left, of course, people like noticed me on stage. So everybody's like, hey, you're the girl that was with Johnny Gallagher. You know, like you did a good job and all this. I mean, it was crazy just walking, walking through the casino. Everybody saying hi to me and stuff and recognizing me. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> no. And, it, and it's so funny because I said that as we were coming out the show. And I was like, remember back in the day, they used to, you know, you could just take pictures with them for 20 bucks or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. It was just once it was over, even once it was over, I was like, this can't be it. Like once they went off stage, because they like, they didn't even introduce the band. And I've never been to a show where they didn't introduce the band. Like, you know, they usually be like so-and-so on guitar or so-and-so on the drums. Nope, they just like gestured towards them and we all clapped and they did their little ball with the dancers and that was it. But the funny thing is, it's like before the show started, I was telling the security guard, I was like, they're going to call me up, you know, on stage because he was like, do not come past this line, like telling us don't come past this line, you know, stay in your chairs, whatever. And I was like, well, what if they call me on stage? Can I pass the line then mm -hmm. and stuff? And, and I said, see, I knew they was going to call me on stage. Mm -hmm. Like I've met so many people. It's just been ridiculous. Like Fred Hammond, he held my hand and sung to me. I got a kiss from Genuine. I just took a selfie in July with Patti LaBelle, um, met Anita Baker. Stephanie Mills held her hand because she was like, oh, I'm so cold. I was in the front row. She's like, come up here and touch my hand. I ran up there. It's like, oh, my gosh, you are cold. Like, I love it. I love I love meeting celebrities. <laughs> but have you, ever be, have, have you ever wanted to be a star? Have I ever wanted to? Well, yes. When I was a kid, yes, I did. You still do now? Huh, now? Uh -huh. You still want to be you don't? Well, no. Because I know Austin has some has some jobs, you know, we can fly and get some work in movies because I'm a, I'm a, I'm member of Austin Cassidy myself now. So you know. Oh, okay. Uh-uh. That was more like in high school that I was like, yeah, I want see, even now I can't even sing. It's funny. I felt like I stopped smoking cigarettes in 2003. Like ever since then, I cannot hold a note. Like I sound so terrible. Like before I used to could sing Anita Baker and Stephanie Mills and stuff. I cannot hold a note now. I sound so awful. I'm like, wow, you would think stop smoking cigarettes would make you sound better. Nope. Awful. But it doesn't stop me though. I still love singing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you should say you should you should continue to you know to pursue that, you know. You know, because I think I think I think you'd be a great singer. So you know, always follow your dreams. You know, because you never know, you never know, right? Oh, thank you. <laughs> what do you see for five years from now? So down the line, I would love for Didi's Cry to have like a building, a place where people can come and um get the resources. I would love to have uh, a memorial for those who we lost to suicide. So I am like actively working on that right now. 
Um, so I see that within the next five years coming to fruition. Um, yeah, I see me traveling. That's what I see me doing. I see me traveling. <laughs> yeah, I like I just got my passport a couple of months ago. I'm ready to get some stamps on there. Yeah. You talking? Know, I got a passport too. So many guys here too. Especially now, especially now, it's like a cold, you know. I want to try. I want to try with a Florida, California, somewhere warm, you know. Yeah, yeah I want to do a lot. <laughs> I, I, I know you will definitely. Well, hello there. This is the J Man Show on WBCA one hundred two point nine FM, Boston's local community radio station.